0: The Gospel according to Saint Mark, Chapter One, verses fourteen to twenty. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately have left their nets and followed him. And going in a little further, he saw James and the, the son of uh, Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat mending the net. And he immediately he called to them, and they left after their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So the season of Epiphany this year, if you haven't really caught on yet, we are focusing on elements of faith in reflection of what faith leads us to do. Though faith leads us to do many things, there are basically, I'm I'm kind of focusing on six fundamental aspects of what faith actually leads us to do as believers. And in the first Sunday of Epiphany, the Feast of Epiphany, I hope you kind of caught on, and I, I listened to the sermon uh, of, that Pastor Mark did, and eventually he got to the, the point I was kind of hoping he would drive, was that faith, and ultimately faith leads us to Christ himself. Similar to that of the Magi that follow the prophecies and the star that led them to Christ, they, faith ultimately brings us to the most fundamental point, point that is... To Christ, In the second Sunday of Epiphany, we consider the fact that faith leads us to hear God. Before faith, when we read the scripture, if you read the scripture without any faith or any element, although it's God's word, we ourselves take it as a text, just words that make no sense. But in faith, when we read scripture, we hear as if God is speaking directly to us. This third Sunday of Epiphany, we will continue on this look at faith and what faith calls us to. We will focus on the text of the gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 20. And our gospel here is focusing on the calling of four disciples, Simon, Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. The text begins... Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the context of this writing of Mark chapter 1, we understand that this is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Before anything else had happened, it was not part of Jesus' overall ministry. So, for example, when Mary, if we remember from... uh, uh, the Gospel of Luke, there's a story of Jesus before his, his time, as he says. He says, it's, my ti- it's not my time yet. When his mother asked him to help with the, the situation of running out of wine at the wedding feast, he did what his mother had asked. He obeyed his mother's request, but he called it, It's not my time. But here in this Gospel reading, we focus on the time that it is now his time. He is, his time and his purpose. Of which he came to earth is beginning. So it is this time, and for all purpose, prior to this time, Jesus was coming out of the wilderness. We learn, he came out of this time of fasting, of temptation of Satan, but also the ministering of the angels around him, and he left that time, and between that time, and the time between time he was in the wilderness. In the time, you know, baptism he went into the wilderness. And at this time, he's coming out of the wilderness. John the Baptist is arrested. So very shortly after Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, he gets arrested. And his ministry, his duty, what God had called John the Baptist to do, is pretty much over. His ministry, although his following would still continue for a while, but his actual work of his fulfillment of preparing the way for Jesus is done, because we know shortly after he's arrested, he's murdered by the order of King Herod in prison. So Jesus is in the transition. He is at the very beginning of his ministry, and he says that the time to so fulfill, the time that was prepared for him is ready. And now it's time for the gospel. It is time for Christ to show and reveal himself. So we can really rest on this point. It is really the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And as we read on to verse 16 in Mark chapter 1, is that Jesus is in Galilee, and he's passing along the Sea of Galilee, and he sees Simon and Andrew casting their nets into the sea. And Jesus tells them a very simple thing, very simple request. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And we are told that they immediately followed and left their nets and followed Jesus. They dropped everything and followed him. And I always think about that Sunday school, we are fishers of men, we are fishers of men, right? Yeah, well, I'm not going to get into that element of the sermon, I promise you, but uh, I'm focusing on some other things today. And what I want to draw out is some very important things that we should highlight and we should focus on. First, that Simon and Andrew are normal fishermen working and living near the Sea of Galilee. And if you know the Sea of Galilee, still today in Israel, in Palestine area, is still very well known for their fisheries, the, the aspect of fisheries. So they are doing a very long history and tradition of fishing on the sea. They are, for the better word, very simple fishermen. The second point I want to draw out, and it's more of just a a fun, interesting fact of the gospel, is that the first person mentioned here, the very first person that Jesus calls to follow him is Simon. And does anyone know who Simon is? Yeah, St. Peter, that's right, which our church is known for. The very first disciple that God, that Jesus calls to be his apostle, to be his disciple, is the very first person that would become the rock of the church, the foundation of which Christ builds his church on, which our name of our church is. That's kind of more of a fun fact, you could say. We're just going to leave that there, okay? The third thing I want to point out is for all but a better word, these guys are average Jewish men, okay? Like every Jewish man, they would have to study the Torah, the scripture, under a rabbi in the local community, and they are average because they were not selected by their rabbi to become apprentices, to become rabbis themselves. Because the way it worked back then, there was no seminary. There was no calling, no element of where I felt called to go study scripture so I could become a pastor. No. During my young age of 10 to 12 years old, possibly, I would go and study under a rabbi. And if I didn't get good grades, I did not listen well or excel, I would not be chosen to become the rabbi's apprentice. They would just pass me on as some average day Joe and said, well, you're not good enough, you don't meet our par, therefore you cannot become a rabbi, you cannot become a religious teacher. Now, of course, if you are a Levite, you are automatically required to work in the temple. That, that's just by law. That's God's law. There was no age or no study. You just went as a young age and you worked in the temple. It doesn't mean that you've become the high priest. It didn't mean that you've become a scholar. You would just have some duty in the temple, cleaning the walls, you know, uh, picking up the guts from after the, you know, this, the, the sacrifices. Okay, That's a different system. But for everybody else, the other 11 tribes, you could become a rabbi but you only became a rabbi under the apprenticeship of another rabbi. So Simon and Andrew, and also for, for um, Nathan and um, his brother, God, forgot, forgot his name off the top of my head. <coughs> um, for all the better purpose, they were just average Jews. They didn't meet the par. They couldn't come up to that point. They did their time of study in the Torah, and after they they finished their time, they were released to go do what God, uh, their job, which is, in their case, their family business, which was being fishermen. So they are average people. Nothing more, nothing special. Fourthly, Jesus' ministry is at the very beginning stage. Okay, I kind of kind of pointed that out early. We can say at this point, no one really knows who he is, okay? Unless you came from his hometown, you would know that, well, he's a carpenter. But for the better word, they probably never even heard him speak yet. Because one, they're fishermen. They're out in the sea. So if he's teaching out in the city in Galilee, even his first little period of teaching, he would not, they probably never even heard him teach, because they're fishermen, they're not on land, they're out in the ocean. So all for the better purpose, for the better mind, they have no idea who this guy is. So let's take these kind of points and let's kind of put them in a perspective to Sanborn. Let's just say that there's a man named Jacob walking down the road of 31, or Lockport Road. And as he's walking down the road, he sees some farmers Bill and Hay are harvesting corn. And he stops at the road. He waves at them. Hey, how you doing? They stop because they're farmers. They're polite, right? We're, we're polite people, right? We stop and, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. And he says to them, follow me. I will make you sowers of men. They stop everything. They get off the tractors. They walk down and they follow him. They, he goes on a little bit further. He sees some more farmers. He calls out to them, Hey, how you doing? Follow me. And they get off their tractors, and they go and follow him. Now, let's be honest here. i a little frank. That's pretty crazy. Would you do that? Some random guy you've never met. You've never heard him teach. You have no idea who this guy is. And all of a sudden, he walks up to you on the streets, Maybe just like a little hobo because, you know, he's walking on the street, right? And you have no idea who this guy is. And he says, follow me. I will make you sowers of men. Well, I mean, he's connecting, you know, you sow the ground and you harvest the wheat. You harvest the corn. I mean, he's using terminology that you as a farmer understand. But for the better part, this is absolutely crazy. I could totally see the farmer going, follow you to where? What are you talking about? Like, you you want me to walk you down the road or something? No, I mean, the element of this scripture reading, when you just look at it as a whole and just look at the story just for words by itself, this is absolutely crazy. Who would drop everything they're doing to a perfect stranger and follow him just because he says, I will make you fisher of men? It's crazy. I know. I, I would struggle to do that. And I'm a pastor. I would be like, what? What? No. That's just, okay, let's give a little bit of fact. Let's just say I was at Tops, okay? And I heard him talking on the side of the corner of Tops, and he was talking about, you know, Scripture and God's Word. I would, still, I would still hesitate just on that element to go and follow him. This is crazy. I have no idea. But that is the point of the scripture. It is crazy when there's no faith involved. When there's no faith, when we look at life without faith, this is absolutely crazy. Now let's consider this idea, this this little element with faith involved. These average, everyday Jewish men probably, hopefully loved God. They knew his scripture because they studied the Torah. They had faith. At one time, at one point in their history, they believed that the Messiah would come, that their Messiah would come, and he would come and appear preaching and declaring the gospel. Now in faith, Jesus called them. And in faith, they answered that call and they followed him. And they, they dropped everything, every element of their life, they dropped to follow him. Because that's what an apprentice would do. An apprentice of that time, you literally live in the rabbi's house. You don't go back home to where you're from. You stay where you're at. If you want to go and become a fisherman, you would le- and you lived in the middle of the desert, you would have to leave the desert and go off and become fisherman. You would have to go and live that life. So, what God was Christ was calling them to do was that element that he, they would have to drop everything and live the life and learn from him. Now we read from scripture is that they immediately left their nets and they followed him. There is no hesitation, there is no question. They heard God's call and, f- and they followed him. That they believed in the task that he had promised, that he would make them fishers of men they acted and responded in faith they responded to the call that christ was calling them to that whatever it is no matter what it would be they would follow faith in this story not the situation faith is the seal dealer of the situation because without faith really honestly when they heard the guy call they how, how, how could they follow him But they heard the call in faith. I would even argue that it was their faith they had in God which actually brought Jesus to them. Jesus, as he's walking by, knowing that he is God, he could see their faith they had in God. And he knew that if he called them, follow me, they would do that of what he called. He saw the faith they had, and they responded in the faith they had in God. For many of us, this task of faith to follow Christ is not an easy task to do. It is hard, to be honest, to follow Christ. It is hard to give up the life of that before we knew Christ. But for many of us, we grew up in the church. We grew up in knowing who Christ is. We we knew the stories. We went to Sunday school. But some of us, however, that is not the case. Some of us, we knew Christ later in life. And we heard the calling of faith to follow him. But it was not an easy deal. I can tell you for a fact that those who hear the story of the gospel of Christ, for the first time, it is hard for them to hear it. It is hard to accept that if they follow Christ, everything about their life will change. Like the apostles here, like the the four men in our story of the gospel. Everything about their life changed. Because they followed Christ. Of course, Christ is not present. So when we follow Christ, we follow Christ through God's Word. We follow the teaching He teaches us in the Gospels, and what tradition we learn from the Church. We follow Him through that way. But if you really, realist, you really think about it, that is a life-changing reaction to whatever was happened before our life. Because whatever gardened our life before Christ is in complete fight against what Christ offers us by faith? Would you follow Christ knowing that your life would completely change? And for some of us, that calling might be a simple task, being more involved in the church we have today, being more involved in the community around us. For most of us, that is the case. That is what God calls us to do, God calls us to follow him in our everyday life that we have around us, in the job that we do, our children that we take care of, our parents that we look after or support, to the church that we love and care for. But for some of us, that calling that is itching, that call of Christ that he's calling us to do is not a simple task. It might be one of to become a pastor like myself. Or even worse, even more scary, to be a missionary overseas. I know that's a hard one. But we know for a fact that when Christ calls us, when he calls us and he says, follow me, it is not a simple task of, all right, then I'll follow you. Let's, you know, follow, you know. No. He's calling us to look at every aspect of our life, to drop it, to follow him, whatever he calls us to do. And this is the faith. This is the fundamental faith that comes in believing in Christ, is to follow him. And that faith comes in to our story of the gospel. Faith begins and leads us to Christ. Like Simon, Andrew, James, and John, faith that they had in God, it was faith that brought... Jesus to them. In faith, they heard Jesus calling to them, and it was faith they heard and they followed him, like our three lit candles that we have today. Faith automatically brings us to Christ. Faith automatically hears God's calling of us, and in faith we follow him. It is by faith they acted and served. It wasn't for glory or pride. It wasn't for personal gain, because what is there for them to gain? They're dropping everything. For us as believers in Christ our Lord, faith is an amazing faith. Faith will lead us to do many great things for the gospel. But that only happens if we take a step in that faith, and that is to follow Him. It's a challenging thing to do. We must, but we must reject those things. We must accept Christ calling to us to follow Him. And that will lead us into a greater life. Because if you think about these four men, they had no idea what would they become. And in the future, three years later, they become the greatest apostles the church knows. And all for a better word, they were average day Jewish men that didn't meet the par to become rabbis, but met the par for Christ in faith, to become great leaders of the church. And that's any one of us here. We just have to talk, we have to take the step of faith and follow him. But if we reject his calling, if we reject his personal offer for us to follow him, we reject the faith that Christ gives us. So in faith, let us follow him together. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for these four men at the very beginning of Christ's ministry, the very beginning of his great work that he would do, they did not hesitate, but they acted in faith to follow Christ. They accepted his call and did what he asked. And we pray that we ourselves, as we walk with you today, as we walk out these doors, that we will follow you in the faith that you give us, that we would hear your calling. And that we will, that you will continue to lead us to Christ, and we pray all these things in your Son Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us rise together and we sing.